0: Cool. Alright, Um, want to introduce to you guys this week uh, My man Rare Vandal, man Holy shit, man It's been a minute since I talked to you uh, Yeah, I believe you're the first person I remember doing music like that in the NFT space It might have been you and Connie And I actually got the chance to talk to Connie last week Which was, was real cool But I, 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 there was a certain time in the, in the game When it was just you and Connie Really doing anything with music Um, Honestly, prior to music NFTs
1: uh so pleasure talking to you again um uh, thanks how's, frankie how's things yeah it's good man i chilling here in kuala lumpur malaysia uh just got in a couple weeks ago and uh we're doing a live event uh for our sound splash uh Dow record sound splash uh series happening first live event in uh on location here in kale on the 8th so that's going to be featuring my audio nft drop alongside uh, DJ Lethal Skills. So things are happening, man. Just uh up, you know, man? slowly, slowly doing their thing. Beautiful, beautiful, man. And uh so
0: this goes this podcast I'm doing here is kind of going through the experience of the the early adopters NFT projects or or you know in your case really like your own your own project, uh Dow Records. Um and kind of like where you started and then you know kind of where you're going. So I wanna get to where you started because in my experience you were always here. So i have no real concept of how this all started for you you know what i mean um yeah yeah so, so where were you like in the beginning of all this like when it, when it comes to like in the beginning of the whole nft thing like your first experience with nfts Like what, what was that like
1: yes so um i stumbled across this thing called crypto kitty back in like late 2017 and i was like what the hell is this digital catch come on man like what is this <laughs> i was like <laughs> this is a joke. Like I was just having a laugh. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then it hit me like when I, when I looked at it and I figured out what an NFT was, I was like, Holy shit, this is genius. Like, I was like, Whoa, this is going to like change everything. Mm-hmm. And then the NFT like that, like I grabbed a couple of cats and I bred a few and then I moved on to something else uh, Like after that. Um, because there wasn't really anything like that I, on my radar that was happening uh with with uh, anything beyond crypto kitties for nfts right. uh, so it wasn't really until i started getting into dows um at the end of 2019 i think it was around october november uh, my friend jason chu from from uh, kale here he went to devcon in osaka and when he came back he did um he, he did a workshop on, on dows and then it, it like everything kind of clicked together again. And I was looking for different ways to kind of, you know, um, do the music thing within the blockchain space. And I had already like been working on an independent uh, record label. We have digital distribution deal with with Believe Digital. Uh, so I was thinking like, you know, okay, here we are. We can use this DAO as a way to kind of organize the community, and then uh, raise funds and distribute funds, and then and then we can kind of use these blockchain music streaming platforms. Like at the time, it was like Music Coin and Tune, and Emanate was just emerging
0: mm-hmm.
1: in parallel with. The digital distributors Mm -hmm. um so that was kind of the origin story of of dao records and then not too long after i like dove into the dao stuff i started doing some workshops we did this thing called the dao of Wu, which was like mixing like the philosophy of wu-tang clan and the dao together and like you know come come together in numbers and then launch it independently afterwards and and just trying to like create um create some awareness about DAOs amongst the creative community. And it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was really hard <laughs> for people, for a lot of people to, to grasp the concepts. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, think it's
0: one of our hardest things to do in, this oh, world, yeah. in the whole of the industry, yeah. you know? So, I mean, it's going to run into, especially when you're talking about people who are norm, they're, they're used to a traditional way of thinking a traditional way of kind of going about things, you know? Um, and yeah, I, I'd imagine that's going to be got to be like one of your hardest things to deal with as far as the music stuff because I, I the music stuff is kind
1: of just emerging now, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I guess I've been onboarding ever since ever ever since um I got into crypto, um, just because I felt like it was something people needed to at least explore or or you know, collect get some get some tokens, whatever Bitcoin, Ethereum's, and you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And, you know, at the time, like being out here in Malaysia, nobody really used Twitter anymore. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really on Twitter uh, until like right at the end of 2019 uh, when I was just getting everything set up for Dow Records. I created a Twitter account and, you know, uh, and then I started using Twitter a bit more. And uh, that's when I found this piece from Robness. It was this like pyramids with with like an animated GIF kind of thing. And I was just like, okay, this is interesting. And then I looked at it and I was like NFT. And I was like, what? The artists are doing NFTs now? And I was like, okay, this is it. And, and, it, and just like that, I started to pivot away from, you know, doing the digital distribution type of thing um, with like traditional platforms and, and um, why well, I, I still kind of did for at the beginning phase. Um, but I kind of dove right in. And, I, and at the time, it was like there was a super rare, a rareable had just launched, I think Mintbase as well was there. Um, and I think Known Origin was just on the verge. Uh, this is kind of just like when there were only a few platforms, obviously OpenSea, but they hadn't really integrated much in terms of, uh, you know, creating yeah, NFTs idea. themselves. Yeah so the the first one that attracted me i think was wearable because uh, at the time i was trying to figure out how do we include music with these nfts you know i was like i see the visuals and then i found this this project called unlockable and they were like allowing people to unlock content via the nft Mm -hmm. and i was just kind of figuring out okay how's this going to work and then wearable suddenly launched their unlockable nft uh uh so We used that as our first NFT uh, in February, 2020. Um, And that that was, uh, I guess that was the beginning, you know, where it all started. So as far as um, audio NFTs,
0: I know you like to call them audio NFTs much more than music. Um, And we can get into that in a second. I heard you talking about that on the spaces. I I thought that was a pretty interesting conversation. I'm not a huge fan of dropping in the spaces. I only dropped in there because I knew you were gonna be talking. But, uh, yeah, uh, when it comes to audio NFTs, those are really just emerging as far as like the audio being the NFT that you're looking for. Um, Do you see any platform like really pulling away with that or um, do you see all the platforms going to uh, having a version of that?
1: Yeah, so it's really like, you know, from my perspective and and how I'm seeing everything kind of evolve is, um, you know, crypto art was such a huge influence on both the platforms and the people creating nfts and i think that a lot of us doing music kind of evolved our process around the similar uh like a similar process to the way that crypto art was being done so there so it was just kind of using that process, as opposed to developing a new process specifically just for music. Mm-hmm. And I think this went it, uh, like talking about onboarding and talking about, uh, you know, having conversations with artists, you know, the, like everybody's asking me, oh, how many should I do? How much should I charge for each one? You know, and this is kind of like the crypto art mentality. Whereas, like, if you're an artist, you put up a piece, you have that piece, either it's a one on one or a couple of editions, and then you set the price. But, you know, with, with music, it's, it's a bit more difficult to find that price discovery because of the way the music market traditionally works, where you it's not necessarily treated the same way as like visual art or painting or sculptures or, or all that, right? Um, it's more sort of a mass quantity distribution, CDs, uh, vinyl, whatever, right? Like you have these physical units and they all relatively have the same price, you know, or if you buy an, uh, an MP3 from iTunes, you know, that it's going to be like 99 cents or 79 cents or whatever it is now, you know, it's like kind of that standardized price. So getting to, getting to like well, trying in, to, in to the, find even price
0: around not music, to, not to cut you vendor, but yeah. um, even today when we talk about, we have streaming. So, you know, like the people are kind of used to ingesting it that way now, too. So they're mm-hmm. almost used to kind of paying a subscription price for it rather than, you know, even buying your specific music, you know? Uh, yes. So do you think we're going to end up kind of going that way? Is is that uh, going to be a
1: feature? I hope one? not. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know. I, I hope. No, I, I hope we don't kind of carry out over that the streaming, um the, the that model. um. I think it's happening already. Like, I think it's only natural for a lot of platforms to kind of just emulate what is already existing in, in Web 2. And streaming is one of those things. And, you know, I don't think streaming will necessarily die out. But what I hope is that people rediscover the value of music through collecting again. And this is going back to kind of how we would collect music in the first place, like before streaming, before digital. It was buy the CD, buy the tape, buy the vinyl. You know, collect that, put it in your in, in your collection, mm-hmm. and then you keep it. You're not really like buying it to flip it on a secondary market, right? You, you're <laughs> buying it because you want to support the artist, you like the music, you're picking it up, you open it, it's tangible, you got it in your hands, right? And I think that uh, NFTs offer us that opportunity again with music is to kind of bring back the idea of of collections and collecting now
0: with that being said we would need the 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 player like right now it's like we have the, the cd but no player you know um not to say yeah. you can't listen to the music it's, it could be an mp3 audio or whatever but i'm kind of talking about in the nft form you would want to then have um some sort of player let's call it a boombox for lack of better terms you know that would be kind of holding the contract address in order to call upon that say mp3 or whatever's on the on the you know on the blockchain you know mm-hmm. to, to play so with that not being available um are, are, you know is any do you know of anybody working on something like that or is, is is that the way we're gonna go you know i always
1: i i kind of yeah, had I, this idea
0: a while back and, and i obviously i can have a million ideas and don't you know I don't <laughs> have the, the means to go do that
1: you know yeah yeah yeah, no, this is I mean, this was something that I've I've been thinking about for a while, like when we first started doing all these NFTs. And mm-hmm. and you know, currently it's kind of like OpenSea is the spot where you go to play your <laughs> your NFTs in a way, right?
0: Open uh, A, a spot few for, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. A, a few people have kind of tried to put together sort of playlists and and, and these sort of things around uh around audio NFTs specifically. Um mm-hmm. there are a couple of projects that, that are just kind of pulling in that I know Audius most recently, um, you know, allows you to kind of, uh, curate your, your collection of audio NFTs, um, specifically on, uh, on Ethereum uh, for those who only have their NFTs there. I mean, we are working also on, on some of the other L ones uh, specifically on near, um, but this is something in our roadmap, uh, for DAO records is what we're going to be working on next. Um, coming out of our alpha, um, we're looking at creating sort of a jukebox kind of thing, a boombox, mm-hmm. uh, where people can deposit their their NFTs in it and, and, and they get used for streaming. Uh, and the, But it's it's challenging because, you know, you have to kind of work in this sort of play to earn uh, model alongside of a token. And I think that the idea is that we incentivize both the listener, the holder and the artists and those on, on smart contract. Right. Uh, and then that way we have some sort of mechanism where, you know, people can enjoy the music they can earn while they listen, maybe not all the time or forever, or however many plays, I don't know. We things we need to figure out around that, but it's definitely on, on the the list. It's just, I think the biggest challenge is the, the, there is still not a massive catalog of mm-hmm. NFTs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and one of the problems that, you know, we're trying to solve at Dow Records is, you know, how artists and labels can release their back catalog. Um, and, and I think that this is something that, you know, people haven't really done aside from streaming. Back in the day, you could, you could have your whole catalog on CDs, you know you have a physical item and people can go and buy that buy the whole collection kind of thing that way each individual one I had a streaming it's just recently it's...
0: um like you know i mean not to say don't go back and you know but it it's like if if audio NFTs, if we're gonna be doing music that way i mean should you have to go back and redo your whole back catalog or should you just be moving forward and saying all right this is the, my work
1: that's on nfts now well, that's what I mean. It's like re- releasing your back catalog as NFTs. So it's it's kind of like what all the um, streaming or all the record labels did when when they got onto the streaming platforms. They had to re up all all of their the, all the catalog, right? And then and then put it up on the streaming. Um, so it like I guess working sort of uh, like in a contrarian mindset to what's already going on uh, in the NFT space based on those two questions that i got asked most of the time is how many and how much mm-hmm. um you know we decided to build to to kind of build a standardization model and you know this is not for everybody i, I think that the beauty of nfts is that you want to do a one-on-one you go to a spot where it's one for a one-on-one right? Right, right, right you you want to do additions you can do that like you, the choice is yours really as an artist to, to figure out what exactly you want to do with, with your material um, but I think that we felt that it's really important to kind of create this standardization because you know it answers a lot of those questions and it also allows uh, people to kind of know you know like okay this is this is how much the nft is maybe you know there's there's not a whole lot of utility around nfts right now so you know if you're paying a couple hundred bucks for an nft you really know what you're getting out of it i don't know like you know there's a lot of skepticism around that and i think that that is preventing sort of the mass market or or like the general public who would be collectors of music to kind of get in and enter the space
0: that's what i'm saying like i feel like you know with especially audio NFTs, they have the real opportunity to not be hyper overvalued you know through speculation it's like you know maybe i've obviously got some of the first ones are gonna you know if it does well you could imagine that the first ones are gonna probably be historic in some sort of way Mm -hmm. but you know um I would hope you don't see audio NFTs because you want people to be able to listen to the music. So you wouldn't want them to be paying astronomical prices, you know, like, you know, for the music unless they can then distribute it, which, I mean, you know, goes down another, another whole avenue, almost like that Ice-T album. Mm -hmm. Remember that back in the day? Um, Yeah. The game is to be sold, not to be told. Yeah. Something like that and you know the same concept if you if you could make it that way like alright now you own the NFT you know you have some sort of distribution rights and you can go ahead then maybe you know the the, the price can go that way but I uh you know if you're going to be distributing it yourself to whoever you want to distribute to it and whoever can play it whatever you got to imagine it's got to be something a little cheaper because the average person is probably going to want to have lots of them not one or two you know mm-hmm. you know that that wouldn't that wouldn't um benefit anybody in, in my opinion like you know if you had you know just uh a couple people collecting them because you you, you or not even that if i'm a user i'm a, I'm a you know, collector i can only afford a couple because they're costing this crazy amount of money you know
1: yeah and and i think that's the biggest challenge i mean you know like the, there's <laughs> there's the allure of the big bucks when you come into nft space and know as much as you know that's beneficial to artists in you know finding their worth and and, you know getting paid properly uh for for their art it's also you know it's also bringing people in for the wrong reasons you know it's thinking like all right I'm gonna make all this money on my NFT and they come in and then nobody buys their NFT and they're like why isn't anybody buying my NFT and it's like you know, there's more to it than just that. There's community and the community is a huge part of our uh, of this space, right? And there's kind of like rebuilding your brand all over again because the average person is not in there. Your average fan is not in there to buy your NFT. You're actually, your, your target market now is like crypto people and, and blockchain people. And how did they get in? It's all based on the finance and the incentives and the rewards. So of course they're looking at like, how they can, you know, uh uh gain, make gains off of your NFT by flipping it and like driving up the price and and you know, wash trading or whatever like some platforms or people like to do to to elevate their uh their floor uh price or whatever. But so it's it's hard, man, like in the current uh, atmosphere. You know, um,
0: atmosphere. The thought I'm having actually is uh, you know, if it we talked about, and I think me and you might have talked about this one time about going back to being able to have that insert. You know, the insert for your CD, the, the the thing that came out of, you know, if you go all the way mm-hmm. back to records and it's like a whole, sometimes it'd be like a whole thing that came out of the record.
1: Posters. Come. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And there's like art pieces there. So if we could yeah. get maybe to that level where, you know, and I don't know, I haven't done one, so I don't I don't know how much, how much space you're taking or how much space you have to work with. But if you could make it to that level, like, okay, you know, this is a special edition because it would have special artwork attached to it, maybe some special information in there. That's you know not in the other ones and you know stuff like that you know yes. maybe we get, we can go back to that collectability of the music itself like the actual you know like the i don't know the the tangible piece you know like a mm-hmm. cd or a record but in a digital form you know um you know another thing i was thinking was you know what if you could have like a 3d item attached to it so you know so you could say and this doesn't necessarily have to be within the actual NFT because it can be called upon, let's say, in a virtual world. And then you have your album art. You know, thing looks like a record. It looks like a tape, a CD, whatever you want it to look like. And it's being represented that way. Yeah. So these are the things that I think that could then make it cool in that way and something you would want as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, oh, I just stream this music. But, you know, you know, you have that NFT. It's, it's representable in some sort of virtual world. And and you can see the, the item that's... Um, attached to it in some sort of way, whether it's attached to the contract, yeah, address dress yeah. or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah, I, one of the things that, like, I've been uh, working with Mintbase for a while and and when they were on Ethereum and then when they moved to Near, mm-hmm. is kind of what brought me into Near and, and exploring more of that, that ecosystem. And, you know, what they've done is they've developed, uh, like, each, uh, I guess, each artist or whoever has a store or their own smart contract, right, they have their own gallery. And then the, their NFTs can be displayed in like a virtual gallery, uh, gallery where you can walk in and, and go and look at it. And even as at, uh, with 3XRs, as the, the, um, the project that they've been developing, um, they also have the ability for people to just randomly pick any sort of NFT that's out there, make create a gallery, and then turn that gallery into an NFT. And then they can flip they can even sell that gallery as like a, its own sort of nft space and there's so there's a lot of really interesting things to play around with and I think mm-hmm. that you're right like you know adding adding these extra uh value points uh, onto uh together with an nft coupling it in and you know sometimes those those things don't even need to be added in from the beginning that's exactly you know what I was like the, say, the yeah, idea of the later, right. Yeah. Yep. If you're holding an NFT, then boo, all of a sudden you get this thing. It's like, these are like the, the cool things about holding NFTs is that they actually kind of become like a membership card or, you know, it's like, I think you you don't forget, you know. When well, I try to explain to people, especially when,
0: when we're talking about the onboarding process and like new people, you know, I'm like, you got to remember that this NFT you buy, the picture or art piece or whatever you're talking about. It's got a number attached to it. I, I just call it a number to the layman, but you know we're talking about the contract address. So you know the, the contract address is going to be something you can call on in code from another platform. So let's say, for again, kind of for the layman, let's say Spotify were to adopt the NFTs, they would be able to just call on the contract addresses and then represent them in their own fashion, however they want to, you know, on their mm-hmm. platform. So I think that um, yeah. over time that that concept can evolve and like we were talking about you like you were just saying that you have a gallery i'm picturing kind of like a 3d virtual world even if it's its own not necessarily one of the given metaverses but you know let's say there was a i don't know like a little 3d space maybe not huge but it looks like a set of turntables or a boombox or whatever your form of music nostalgia is you know and, yeah. you know, and you can then see the album art. You can play the thing yeah. and, you know, and you can flip through the album art and, you know, it kind of yeah. like gives you that. Just connect your
1: wallet when you're in there and then it reads all your NFTs. And then, then you can just cycle through things like exactly. there's your playlist. Yeah. And maybe every day there's some rewards that, that pop up inside that you can collect or, you know, other kind of things, other yeah. uh, other content that you can access mm-hmm. exclusively by, and then, you know, by um, holding.
0: You can have, you know, kind of DJ in that way too. You know, you can have, yeah. And DJs going through and, you know, as things get faster, I bet you could even connect your controller, your DJ controller to mm-hmm. that and then DJ right off of that. Now, that's yeah. I think that that would be a time into the future, <laughs> you know, because I, I just think about the latency yeah, yeah. issues like, oh, I man, you know, <laughs> <I> DJ like <laughs>
1: that wouldn't be happening yeah.
0: anytime soon. But it, it's, it's a thought, you know, mm
1: hmm. Yeah, definitely. Or you can or maybe there's a way that you can uh, save your collection offline and and then those, uh, you know, MP3 files get stored and then you can easily spin them, you know, That's and then right. do mixes or that whatever. Would, yeah, that um, would so, do so they're though. not like streaming it <laughs> off of IPFS <laughs> yeah. super slow or like are <laughs> we, I mean, it's, it'll, I think it'll get there later in like, in, you know, next couple of years, five, That's five what years I'm saying. So I think, you know faster. But.
0: You look at everything. Over the years, it's got you know it's gone from fat, um, it's really slow to fast. You know, I think mm-hmm. that even if you think about like when we were first starting the internet, these kind of calls were probably like so far from the realm of reality that you know I'm you're in mm-hmm. Malaysia, you know I'm in America, and we're just oh yeah, let me pop on the conversation. Let's you know let's go video and video and we can talk about everything and you know yeah. you go a step further and, and sh- let me show you my my screen over here and all this other stuff. So. I think that, you know, when when you looked at the, in the beginning days, when you like before YouTube, there was like, like video quality and speed was unbelievably bad and slow. And you Mm -hmm. couldn't see it a day when we were just streaming things back and forth and streaming on your phone. I remember a time where I, even when streaming existed, it was, it existed on your phone. It would blow your battery up. You you have like no chance. You stream for like a half an hour, but, like this thing's burning hot. You know, <laughs> and, like it's gonna blow up for yeah, soon. Like, exactly.
1: You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like I I remember all, when I when I uploaded uh, my my music videos onto YouTube. Um, you know, they <laughs> I put in like the lowest res possible, so <laughs> so people <laughs> anywhere in the world on like whatever whatever they were using to to dial up or mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, could could watch them without it buffering too much, and then now I look back and I'm like, shit! I should have put up some high quality, some higher quality versions, like 4, 420p, right? <laughs> it's yeah, I like, mean, yo. you know, the
0: time—that's just sign of the times, though, you know. And then how? Yeah, I mean, really think about how early you were to, to YouTube at that point, you know. So, so um, how did you? Because I know you're not originally from Malaysia. How did you? Because every almost every time I talk to you, you're out there. So how did that become a thing? How did it go from uh, originally from Canada. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've been traveling like pretty much throughout the majority of my life, uh, as a kid with my mom, um, Mm. on my own since I was 18. Um, I had kind of like, uh, had, had a couple of experiences traveling in in Southeast Asia that, um, you know, kind of attracted me to this part of the world. Um, and I, I was, kind of, I think I was in, yeah, I was in Mauritius, in, in Madagascar, mm-hmm. and I decided to fly back through Malaysia. And at the time I was doing a music uh, research project um, and like collaborating and working with different artists and, and organizing events and, and stuff in, in Mauritius, Madagascar. And, and um, I continued to do the same thing when I got to, to Malaysia, this was 1999, beginning of 99. Yeah. Um, and so I just connected with uh, the hip hop community here, started doing stuff, uh, got invited back to do a show. They flew me out, me and my graffiti artist brother, and then we came and we did the show and I got paid more than I got paid in Toronto. So I was like, all right, this is where it's at. <laughs> all right. You know? <laughs> so I kept coming back. You know, and, and on my first album, I, I wrote a song about because like a lot of my music is influenced about the things, things that I do um, now, most, mostly NFTs and crypto and before uh, was more about traveling and right. and stuff. So, so I wrote a song about KL and, and it went number one in Malaysia. And after that, like 2004, 2005 and then 2007, I moved out, moved out here. Um, but, you know, pandemic happened. I went back to Canada in in the middle of 2020. Um, spent a year there. Uh, went to Portugal. Spent eight months in Lisbon. I uh, just got to Malaysia from Tokyo. It was like a month and a half, two months in Tokyo. Uh, actually, it looks like I'm going to be based out in Tokyo. This is probably where where I'm going to be at um, come uh, in the for this foreseeable future. But currently, I'm here in Malaysia. Um, catching up and going back into my storage locker that <laughs> <Nice. laughs> I haven't seen in nice. two years. <laughs> so <laughs> now, you, do you work with artists out there at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's kind of where like our first DAO records NFT feature uh, featured a uh, Malaysian artist um because we used to do this event called think you got skills which is um, like a hip-hop battle series so we had like beat battles Dj battles MC battles graffiti and dance and and, uh, and production and stuff right so the winner of the beat battle and the rap battle they kind of combined and it was it, it was the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 when you know we finished recording the track and then I thought okay what better way than to like drop our first <laughs> records nft using this track got skills and and so yeah that kind of started it and worked with a lot of artists based out in this region as well yeah that's great that's great definitely
0: now as far as performances going forward in in let's say the metaverse um well two things what does it look like for you going forward and uh how do you think it actually looks looks like for everybody and and like taking on the newer like, you know i just, i just uh, went to uh, the jim jones uh little area he put up in the De- central He put a little theater in there um so you know i'm seeing that people are kind of taking to it what do you think performances look like is it uh outright video on the wall or do you think we go to like avatars doing performances um what do you what do you think about all that
1: that's a good question um i i think this these types of spaces lend well to um videos on the wall personally um i i'm not a huge fan of an avatar performance to be honest i I love the idea of being able to bridge real world and metaverse together Um, and one of the things that we've been exploring is uh you know broadcasting from the venue into crypto voxels live Mm-hmm. And then projecting the the crypto voxels into the venue,
0: that's actually so that
1: you I'm can kind of see it. both. So, yep. You create this mirror mirror world, right? Yeah. And, and I yeah. think that that that's that I think uh, allows for you know uh, interaction mm-hmm. with people in the virtual space as well as people in the physical space who then can see themselves like if they get in front of the camera or whatever they can see themselves on the screen on the screen mm-hmm. you know so yeah. and, and I found like we, we did an event in um, in Lisbon uh, a part of the uh, non-fungible conference it was called MetaWave and we had a bunch of DJs come and, and performers and, and we streamed it and we did that and projected the crypto boxes into the back behind the DJ and then you know you can go and move your avatar around and, and actually was like really interesting because people would jump in front of the i was uh, streaming from my phone on twitch but people could jump in front of like the phone camera and they were like oh you know and then they look yeah, over and then they, a few seconds later they're like oh, on the screen yeah, yeah. so it, it became sort of like doubly interactive and then you had people who were in the venue on their phone you know walking through in their avatar and and whatever and, mm-hmm. and i think that it's like that these sort of experiences, these sort of mirrored experiences, I think are are where it's at. Um, right. Not as as opposed to sort of the avatar performance stuff. I mean, I think there's room for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like it's really nice to get a window into another world and right. and um, you know in the real in the real sense of seeing real people and seeing what's going on and mm-hmm. and that I think is is interesting. Um, but yeah, like, and the, the future of sort of metaverse stuff is that, you know, you don't necessarily have to you, be engaged in a performance the whole time, you can chat with other people who are in the space, you can go and look at other content and interact with other things in, in that virtual space, like, I always felt like, um, you know, these metaverse parcels and in, in virtual spaces are, are the next generation of websites, so like we're not going to have you know, these scroll and click websites with pages and so on, it's going to be immersive. You're going to go in, you're going to look and and interact all in sort of one room. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know like some of the, some of the guys like Jin Jin and, uh, box heads and and what some of the stuff that they're doing, I think is is it's that, that's that next level, you know? Um, but again, it's, it's still, it's going to come down to bandwidth and, and accessibility, you know, right now, like, uh, people are using their phones and I think the phone like uh, interacting with things in your phone in, in the virtual spaces is a bit challenging mm-hmm. um, and there are limitations so uh, it's and funny we're that we've gotten to at- that
0: point where where um, like you know we talk about computing and how fast it gets how fast it gets but now we all want to interact on our phone much more than mm-hmm. we want to interact on a de- I mean a lot of people don't have desktops a lot of people don't even have laptops
1: yeah, like they've yeah. got
0: the phone and they if they can't do it on the phone it's like that doesn't exist then
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's and that's so true and i think a lot a lot of uh a lot of what people are catering to now are like computers you know and and that's because of who who the um community is mm-hmm. like these these are people who generally work on their computer for things rather than being on their phone all the time and i think mm-hmm. that sometimes they forget that the majority of the world <laughs> are just using their phones, yeah, we, you know, and, they, and they've think, already
0: course, transitioned in their brain. They're like, nah, we moved on to phones. I don't care what you got in that computer. I, I got this huge, you know, computer with all this stuff. It doesn't matter. I want it right here. I want it right here. in this little thin, yeah. little thing. I want, I want it to work, you know, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. where they're at, you know? Yeah. Um, And we, yeah, gotta and, to that and if you want to have, you know, you're talking about onboarding, you want to onboard somebody. Yeah. You know you really got to give them what's convenient to them and what they're used to you know
1: mm-hmm. a, yeah a version of what true. They're used true you know yeah like with, i experienced this a lot with uh the work i'm doing with uh with the dows and, and onboarding um artists and musicians and a, a lot of people like they're we're talking about like people from africa and southeast asia and south america and they don't mm-hmm. necessarily you know they're, they have a phone everybody has a smartphone exactly now everybody has a computer You know, so you you have to guide people through and it's got to be easy for them to to do on their computer. And and there's I think it's sorry, their phones. So it's it's important to keep that in mind, I think. optimizing for mobile it's like that's kind of the future and then beyond like i'm seeing beyond beyond the mobile is the extension of your screen will just be a visual interface like a, an overlay like an ar ar glasses kind of thing where you just pop on the glasses and boom you get your whole screen and then right. then i think then we have an opportunity to kind of then have this more extensive uh, experiences do, no, beyond like the limitations the, of the screen
0: i feel like the devs are um kind of gearing up for that more than they're gearing up for a mobile experience you know you, mm-hmm. you see a lot a lot more of the people on the dev side kind of like they want AR and VR like that's what they want to develop in it doesn't seem like they're saying I'm trying to develop a mobile app for this blockchain thing like you know it almost feels like when the two worlds meet AR and VR and blockchain those things are going to marry very quickly
1: yeah you know? yeah. Yeah. And it, the, the, I, another one of the big challenges, it also is um, security, you know, like I think with mobile phones, people tend to lose them a lot more or damage them or something happens, you know, and if you've got like, you know, your wallets on there and something happens and it gets compromised and, you know, it's just something to to consider moving forward, especially the, you know, these are the conversations I always have onboarding people is about secure, securing your your wallets and and making sure that you know you what worst case scenarios and yeah. just to be aware of what to do like what what are you gonna do if you lose your phone how are you can to access Wait, don't don't keep your private seed on, on your phone <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you no, know no. it's like peace I know. purpose. I, I, so,
0: I've onboarded so many people that wanted to take like a picture of it and I'm like no that's not, mm-hmm. that's just not what you do you know because the phone it's gonna have that picture in there somewhere like just don't yeah. do that write it down. Put it in, you know, where you like your birth certificate or whatever it is, is something that you don't want stolen. And, you know, like you would you really gotta treat it in that way, like a treasure.
1: <laughs> a treasure yeah. map or something. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's
0: true. Yeah. So um as far as with Dow Records now, like what is like w- what are we looking to do now? You do you have a couple artists that are working? I mean, obviously you do. But um is is the next move like some sort of like um new drop do you have you know do you have something going on right in this second you talk about
1: yes so um we actually started building um, i don't i don't like the word platform but um we we created a, a minting a new minting system uh, it's called phono root uh, it's actually like an extension of what i was talking about earlier about the standardization um and the cool the cool thing about this is like um, the way the way that that we envisioned it, and shout out to to the homie Starpaws who planted this idea in my head and was like, "Do it." <laughs> um, so it's like you you mint you mint a one NFT, and then uh, the the Gen Zero is held in the in the vault in the, in the smart contract in the, the mm. minter's wallet, and then you have the first generation that's created, and then that first generation can be purchased, and once it's purchased it creates two new children and that become gen two so each time an nft is purchased two new ones are created and then it goes down from a generational thing where it's generation one is one nft two is is two more oh, okay. three is four more four is eight more so you kind of like have this these generations of nfts that are being created and and we're eventually going to work in sort of a royalty structure into that because dow records being a dow i think it's important that any artists that we're working with, um, you know, a percentage goes back to the DAO, and then that way we can lock value into the DAO. We can use these funds to then create uh, grant programs for for the artists uh, to to use and access later on. So this is sort of like um, like just a general uh, percentage royalty that that goes off first sale to to Dow Records. Um, and then through that, we'll have another royalty structure built in. So people who purchase later generations, uh, a percentage of royalty gets fed back up the the royalty chain uh, to to the holders of earlier generations. So it's yeah, sort of an incentive of to get that early generation.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense just because you could have like, it's kind of like a, I mean, it's it's a ledger literally of of how how your sales have done. You know, yeah. how, how quickly you have got to generation. Let's say eight you know generation 20 whatever if you all you know you don't even have to say i sold this many records you're like i've got you know yeah what generation, generation. <laughs> yeah exactly and, and you have a you have a real yeah. good picture of how how that's doing you know
1: yeah yeah and, and so how we've decided to launch this is is by doing you know what we've done like previously, we did the pop-up season one, season two. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like basically a metaverse music NFT event series uh, that that happens, and and we're on week five coming up this week, uh, for Sound Splash is what we're calling it. Uh, it's on the rooftop of, of the um, Dow Records HQ and Crypto Voxels, and we're also using Reality Chain's 2Dverse, uh, which is near. Um, you can access it through through near wallets um, and. We're using NIR for all this, um, basically build, building this out because I found, like, uh, in terms of um, the ability to keep the costs down for for buyers, as well as uh, to to do sort of multiple wallet splits, it's, it works very easily uh, and is pretty quick. And and um, yeah, so with that, we're doing this 12-week event series, uh, started on 4th of May, goes all the way till the end of July featuring 12 artists or 12 acts from around the world. Um, we started with major one, with uh, featuring like Janine and Kenzie and ALX and JCB and representing kind of like Malaysia, Singapore. Then week two, we had uh, Deduku from, from uh, Nigeria. Uh, week three, we featured Mantra Vine, which is, which is this awesome act from Singapore. Week four was uh, Komachi and Godzilla, So it's a collaboration between a Brooklyn producer and a female Japanese rapper. Um, And then of course this week is, is myself and DJ Lethal Skills. Uh, with a track called Space Food Apocalypse and, and, and so we, we have basically our June schedule it is up. We've got uh, artists from around the world participating. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. we got a couple of artists from Trinidad and Tobago and, and another other producers based in Brazil. This is like a reggae drop, yeah. the homie Blue Fire and Jawwise. Wise and, and uh, yeah, like it's a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff we're doing. Uh, this is really just to kind of gear up and, and get our platform ready. Uh, we do like an exclusive drop page. We call it a splash page. It's just okay. like a it's like a one pager, and mm-hmm. then that's where you can go and, and buy the drop NFT. And then there's a little drop down menu to go and select which week that you want to go to to purchase the NFTs. Um, so we're trying to make it very exclusive. Uh, ultimately, like the main the main concept is like to be uh, like the the Wix and iTunes. Combine Wix and iTunes, and so you're like, yeah, you can create a customizable front-end page for for your drop, and then you can use the minting system in the back. is sort of like your your NFT distribution, um, and then sort of have a sliding scale in terms of price and royalty. So you can you can price low, and then your royalty is high, or you can price high and your royalty is low. So I have this sort of uh, sliding scale. For price, but generally within a realm that that makes it easy to onboard people um and, and get people into the ecosystem and kind of have that sort of general standardization. Like, you know, iTunes they they do like, you know, download the the MP3 for ninety nine cents or a dollar twenty nine or whatever it's yeah. premium and whatever. So yeah. Kind of like that.
0: That's great. I mean, I feel like you're always in the forefront of this stuff. You're always super international with it, man. I like, you know, like these guys from Japan, these guys from you know, Trinidad, and Tobago. That's what we need because, you know, everybody needs to be introduced to this stuff, you know? And through music, you can introduce people on a, a, a crazy scale. You know, you got an artist from Africa. Yeah. You're introducing that person to the artist from Japan just by having them on the same general platform, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's huge for for the, you know, for the general industry and I've always been a kind of a big fan of what you do because I'm I'm watching from over here. You know, I'm 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 not always checking in with you, but I'm, I am watching from over here, and I'm like, man, this guy is always working, always on something. You know, what I mean, always on something brand new, something you never heard of, you know. And I think that's big. I think that's big for the community as a, in general, the, the international music community. You know, it's, it's great, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you know, thanks, you're Frankie. Doing. Yeah,
1: appreciate right. that, man.
0: Now, in terms of yeah. uh, like. Just how NFTs have uh, affected your life, like first of all, it mm-hmm. sounds like it's all-consuming. I might be able to answer, <laughs> that, answer that my own self, you know. But like little things, like I, you know, not the money, but like just the, the how everything has gone. What, like how? What is the huge change for you, as far as um, yeah, your regular life?
1: Well, it's you know, I think just the the global. <laughs> The whole like change globally with um, with what's been happening with a post pandemic uh, stuff, right? Is is really kind of pushed a lot of people to pivot and, and move sort of into online um, ventures, and you know that this has really given a boost to the whole Web three ecosystem, right? And and I found like previously I've been doing uh, mostly events. And that's like on ground, physical, locational events. Right. Um, And then now it's kind of this pivot into the metaverse and doing similar things but just using a, uh, a different, uh, you know, location, a different space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now it's kind of like getting back to like brid- bridging the two again, like real world, I think is is, is uh, like people overlook it sometimes because of the impact of the pandemic. But, you know, the real world is really what's going to bring everybody more into this space because, you know, it's easier to learn, uh, you know, I think having people around you be participating physically into in things is it's easier for for us to kind of build community that way and focus also on local communities so i think it's really changed um like in my life and just in terms of how um how i think about delivering content and how we can use nfts to tell stories and and hold, hold value in those stories and be able to trade them and move them around and collect them. And, you know, I'm, I've been in the process of writing a book for the past, I don't know, 10 years or so. And I haven't really gotten that far, but, you know, like, I think now that, you know, we've come into this NFTs phase, I'm like, I'm going to do my book is going to be an NFTs. You know, physical book. At what chapter do you,
0: you just change over? Like you know, like you start, you know, you started writing this book ten years ago, but now, like in chapter five,
1: it just goes, wow.
0: You know, <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's a bit of an autobiography, so you know, it's just stories of my life, uh, you know, and different things that that have kind of like led me to to where I am today. And you know, not to say that it's interesting for anybody, but you know, it's it's a way for me to kind of keep a record, you know, of, of my, my life and my history. And, and if people are interested in it, then so be it. But if, if not, then I have that record and, and, you know, with blockchain and NFTs, that's a way for me to kind of permanently keep that right, and, right. and have it exist beyond, you know, my times on this, this earth. So that, that I think is, is one thing. Another thing as well is just like looking at, you know, like I I think NFTs, currently we're looking at them like they're like the it's just like a rudimentary it's like a square wheel you know what i mean like we're (laughs) like it turns but it's kind of clunky you know but like we haven't even begun to touch scratch the surface of of what nfts are going to be and and i feel like They're going to be so ubiquitous that they're going to just interact with each other doing things without us even realizing it Mm. in the background, you know, like talking to each other and, you know, programming multiple NFTs to interact. You know what I was thinking? I was like, no, I feel like at some
0: point we're going to get to a point where it's not called an NFT no more. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not not sure what they're going to call it, but you get the feeling that we're not going to be calling it like NFTs for the whole time. You know, I feel like. it's going to be a better way to phrase it especially when you start to have ones of all different creed and culture you know house deeds and marriage licenses you're not going to call that the same thing you would call a music you know like you know i feel like you have gonna have to have a different terminology but you know in the beginning you know it's all just you know
1: yeah yeah it's interesting you know it's um I guess streaming like in a way like streaming was that you know streaming music it was mp3 is playing and playing an mp3 on on, uh, on your Winamp or something right <laughs> you know like it was playlists um yeah I think eventually it will it, maybe it'll just go go back to be called music <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. I don't know; I don't it's hard know, to man. say. I'm I'm trying to think of some witty terminology in my mind right yeah. now, but oh, you know, oh, you know not, we're not gonna think it up. It's yeah. gonna be like it's a 12 year old somewhere is gonna think exactly. It up. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's not for us to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we just create the foundation for for the next generation. Here. For sure, for sure. Yeah.
0: Now, um, I, I gotta ask you this, and I don't know. I think I heard you talk about this. But I, I just want to undocument. Um when when I met you, you were vandal, and today you're now rare mm-hmm. vandal. Mm-hmm. How do we
1: get there uh that that's sort of i guess the n f t effect you know um but it's a combination of things because you know i've I've felt like I've never been an, an artist with like major numbers on like streaming or sales and stuff. I've always kind of been quite niche in in what i do and you know sort of my community and, and fan base and i've never really been into kind of the, so much on the, the technology side when it comes to music like whether that's streaming or you know using uh, social media to, to promote your stuff or like i would just like you know be i just do me you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so w- when my music like i had uh, my albums up on uh you know spotify and the streaming services and as I started to get more and more down the NFT rabbit hole, um, I decided I wanted to rarify all of my music. So I removed I, I removed it, uh, my albums off of uh, streaming services, you know, and I decided that uh, I wanted to kind of uh, re-up these albums on uh, NFTs, as NFTs. I still haven't done all of them yet. Yeah. Uh, I also am using some of the uh, music streaming, pl- the blockchain music streaming platforms, like uh, you know, some stuff is on Audius, other stuff is on Eminate. Um, I haven't fully populated my back catalog yet, uh, but I just kind of wanted to just remove everything. And, and I think that, you know, that adds value also to the people who have some of my actual CDs and, <laughs> you know, like f- physical uh, music. Oh, yeah, yeah is that Uh now, you know, you can't listen to it uh, on the streaming services anymore. So if you want to listen to it, you got to find it. Uh, And I've always kind of been, you know, coming from from the old school, like early 90s hip hop is like you dig for shit, you know, like you go to the the record store, you're going to go digging for records. You're going to like find things. And, And to me, that's what NFTs is like, bringing back this whole idea of digging. Yeah. and discovering music, like your dis- music discovery is come back to like actual, like it, it takes effort on behalf of the person to go and like find find the music as opposed to being fed to you through an algorithm on a Spotify and it does, you're not really yeah. thinking, you're not really interacting with, you're not engaging with the music. It's just kind of in the background. playing.
0: It's, you know what's changed in, in that regard is like the slang words, the way people talk. You know mm. people use the same slang words across different parts of the world and you know whatever if you're speaking the same language a lot of times you can kind of get the same verbiage just because you're being fed it you know a little bit you know mm-hmm. um in the time of you're talking about the you know kind of music discovery everyone used different slang words from block to block it wasn't even about like you know a state or none of that like you'd be like we over here might talk differently from them over there you know Uh, behind a lot of that was behind music discovery you know the way the way you listen to music was then the way you created your new slang words that you kind of came up with but now with everything kind of being connected it's like it's great in some levels but there's this element of you know um some of the creativity seems to be getting taken away from just general culture you know because everybody has the same yeah uh you know it's like I heard that. I heard that. Yeah, I heard that too. You know, and, and then everybody, you know, you know, and you wonder if some of the element of you know creativity and the way people speak and all that stuff is is kind of going away because just because you're just getting fed the same information, you know.
1: Yeah, the, the commercialization, I think, of culture is kind of destroying destroying it or degrading it a bit. Um, I think we see that and and you know what i noticed like okay so the other night um, here in kale i had sort of a little reunion uh, party my friend threw for me uh, he's a millennial you know but yeah, but he's one of those dudes who under the tutelage of myself and, and a few other people that he knows this shit like all like in terms of hip hop and and his selections and musically he started djing so he was playing like old, a lot of old school giants you know but there was a crowd of younger people Who, you know, were kind of rejecting this, uh, like the popular commercial elements of like going out or going to like a club or going to, to a venue where they would rather go to the small spot and hear 90s hip hop. Without even knowing the artists, even or just kind of discovering, I saw a few shazamings going on in yeah, the in the crowd. I, I, um, like, what's this joint? You know?
0: Yeah, I've heard DJs talking about this that they they are having better luck now playing old school sets as opposed to just giving them what they what they have on their Spotify because it's already on their Spotify, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's you don't know, you don't you know now these kids you know. in a a place they hear something different like wow i never looked not that it's not on spotify it's just they haven't looked to listen to that and then it's there and they're like wow you know maybe they check it out or whatever you know i I gave my brother i gave him a little flash drive i have a 16 year old brother i gave him a little flash Mm -hmm. drive i was like this is all the (laughs) hip-hop like not all of it like like, a a, a lot of my favorite songs i just gave him you know that's it study that
1: yeah (laughs) yeah man the new mix, the USB mixtapes because you get like the whole like massive collections. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. You know, I got
0: I got like a crazy playlist of just like my you know, when I was DJing, I, I one day I just sat down and I was like, I'm gonna just put together my favorite songs on them, you know. So I just, just yeah. did that one time and I you know I just copy pasted that and send it to him, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like I feel like the the, the next generation, I think. And, and maybe not the majority of people, but you don't need the majority. I, I think that's kind of like how the cycle always works is, you know, you have you have sort of the underground, which are like the tastemakers, the innovators, the, the people who kind of push the boundaries and, and then start to, to build like a sort of a cult following or, and it gradually grows and gets bigger and they get noticed because they're different. Mm-hmm. And then they then become propelled into sort of the spotlight. And then you have that underground yeah. mainstream underground mainstream kind of cycle uh, yeah, and yeah. and this next cycle i think is coming around and i think nfts are p- going to play a pivotal role in this because you know they're going to be people who start to innovate using nfts within their own circles and like talking about the youth right the the next generation they're going to come and grasp it and the, and then you're going to have these movements that are created around like this small like nft culture you know and it yeah, and it's see, not necessarily that, yeah. music it's like a mixture of things it's merch it's this it's fashion it's yeah. you know and then you have metaverse play and you have physical yeah. things and the, and this is going to be sort of i think that next underground movement that that's really more of a lifestyle thing like hip-hop like i think hip-hop and nfts and hip-hop and blockchain are such a yeah. like it fits so perfectly well, yeah, a lot of it you know, and like
0: uh you know the those days when it was just like so niche and so on its own level, like, you know, early punk rock days, you know, these guys are like mm-hmm. selling, you know, tapes and, you know, the t-shirts and, you know, everything that they were doing is kind of like of this kind of same wave. everything was more rare. You, you know, you, everybody, during DG Allen's run, it's like everybody knew about DG Allen. You know, I never knew about it until I was an adult because I was into hip hop,
1: you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so I, we're. I think we're going to get to that phase i think um once we move away from this uh sort of financial incentive around nfts and this whole sort of flipping yeah and looking at NFTs as sort of an investment asset and not really necessarily valuing them i i know that's not like that's sort of generalization out there but there are people who do collect and value their nfts as rather than looking at uh, making a profit. But I think when you when you eliminate sort of that element and now that we're in bear market territory, I think we're gonna find a lot of people leave and and you're gonna have sort of more of the quality people come in because you know they're not in for they're not coming in for the money, they're coming in to to do shit. You yeah, exactly. Know? To use the and technology that to use that's the technology, the, give it a utility. Yeah. You know because and, and, yeah. and, you gotta have
0: this you gotta have the vision to see where it's going if you're around during the, during the hard times, you know, when you're around during the hard times is you're, you're really somebody who's dedicated to making this thing work or seeing it through to the end, you know, And I, that's why I feel like, you know, I, that's why I'm still here. Well, I've been here since yeah. the, the first, you know, the beginning, not the beginning, beginning, but you know, when it was, it was bad when I got it, you know, and I, it, was, it wasn't it was like a great market for NFTs, you know? So,
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, um, man, I, I really appreciate you giving me your time. I oh, mean, uh, crazy 12 hour difference. I would, I would, uh, maybe one day I try to make it out to your side of the world, man. Especially yeah, in Tokyo, yeah, yeah.
1: man. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which, man. Once, once things open up uh, for like the tourists, they're starting to slowly open up now. Um, probably by July, I would imagine that things are going to be fully open up for tourism. So, you know, it's, it's come through Tokyo, yeah. Yeah, it is metaverse metaverse like, shit <laughs> sounds like a yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. All right, man well,
0: i will definitely be in touch like always uh like i said i really appreciate you doing this for me um uh, man and anything else you uh you wanted to kind of give before we go
1: yeah just you know check out what we're doing dot records.io dark records.org um those are the two spots um we're still like de- developing like the the core of of the technology that that we're using to to move forward into the into the private beta phase, um, we're going to be doing a lot more collaborations with labels and projects and and various uh, artists moving forward globally um, in the next phase of things, and then you know just con- continuing to to develop and innovate the various uh, pieces of the ecosystem. I think that that we can you know add benefit to to what's happening out there. Um, in the nft world and beyond um but thanks frankie appreciate man. you and and everybody out there watching this much love appreciate you man. much love i'll talk soon ray vandal everybody all
0: right word